0: All I can do is put my part out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It doesn't have to be perfect ever, really. I mean, as long as you're enjoying doing it and you're trying your best, that can be good enough.
1: Art is something that you can experience with your senses and that you just experience as, as so beautiful.
0: Well, hello. Welcome back to Artfully Told. Thank you so much for joining me again. I'm Lindsay, and I am so excited to have the wonderful Danielle Guy on our podcast today. She is a wonderful human being, but also an artist and just has so many amazing stories to tell about life, about art, and I am just... So excited to have her. So thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us. We're so happy. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yay. Well, can you share a little bit about who you are and your involvement in art and and all that fun stuff? Yeah. So
1: I have kind of dipped my toes into a lot of different art styles with dance and music. I was for the longest time a pianist and an opera singer. And then I went into theater, which is kind of where I found my my niche. I started out acting specifically in classical works with Shakespeare. But as time has developed, I have really found my position as a director. And it's, it's fun to see how... Things have changed and morphed over the years from, you know, thinking I was one thing and then leading into this place that I never thought I'd be. (laughs) I had a theater company for a while as well, and now I'm just doing freelance, uh, freelance directing work.
0: Awesome. And I I just have to caveat, so Danielle is my adopted cousin, just to give some context, (laughs) and... I can attest to the fact that she was probably always born for theater because. (laughs) Do you want to just share a little bit about your birthday party? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I
1: forgot about
0: this.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. So I was such a weird kid. So when I think it was the first time we did this, I might have been eight. I had these books that was like Shakespeare for kids and I got inspired by them. And I told my mom that for my birthday, I wanted to have a Shakespeare party and, and we're going to, the first one was Twelfth Night. I was like, we're going to put on a play of Twelfth Night. And so I made all my friends come over, and I told them what roles that they would be. And (laughs) we would create, like, it was probably, like, 10 to 15 minutes version of Shakespeare's plays. And we did that for four years. It was so fun. Oh my fun. gosh, thank you. And then remember, we used to do the American Girl doll plays oh, all yeah. the time.
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot about that, but you're yeah. right, we did. And I was Marta. that was so fun. in
1: the Kirsten story, and <laughs> yeah. my death scene was impeccable.
0: I'm sure it was. <laughs> so... All that to say it really those of us who've known her it comes as no surprise that eventually (laughs) she would become a director and have had her own company and all of that jazz but no we had hours and hours of so much fun putting together these plays and I, I think if I remember correctly for Romeo and Juliet, I'm pretty sure we had to have like a progressive theater experience for the audience because we we did the balcony scene like on the landing yes. for your stairs or yes. something. Oh my god! Like gosh. it was a um, <laughs> it was definitely situational art. It was very ahead of its time. I hope there's video footage. I don't think I ever want to see it, but just to know it exists. Oh yeah, my happy. mom has all of them. I never want to see it ever, but I know <laughs> oh, it exists. No. Yes, those those are some great memories <laughs> right there. But I know you have probably a bazillion stories to tell. But yeah, I, we'd love to share with you. And if there's anything in particular that stands out.
1: Yeah, so... A lot of things that people don't understand when they think of, like, theater, and I will even say some theaters take themselves a little too seriously, <laughs> and when you go mm-hmm. in, they're like, this is the vision, this is how it's going to go, and this is how it will always go, and there will be no change, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of people don't realize the flexibility and also the, the acceptance that you have mm-hmm. to have going in as a director. Because you you see it in, like, movies and TV shows all the time of the trope of the director who's a tyrant and everything must go their way. But honestly, we have to answer to a lot of people. And we also have to take into account just what material you have to work with, your actors and their limitations. And you will go into something thinking that it's going to look one way, but the end product is completely different. And I think the one that that really showed up as was the past production that I did, which was Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. And I did that at Dominion Stage in Arlington. It's the first one that I did since I moved to the DC area. And just to give you an idea, I was not supposed to direct that musical at all. I went in first with a proposal for a play called City of Conversation. It's a straight play. It's very much up my alley. Typically, I do small cast, family-led dramas, not musicals. I've done a few here and there, but that was very much my niche. And they really liked that. But then they were trying to flesh out their season, and they're like, well, we really don't have... A main stage musical do you have a proposal for a main stage musical and i had one for um next to Normal, which is one of my favorite musicals in the entire world mm-hmm. and so they decided after i gave a presentation to go with that and i was like cool so i am planning this this four to five person musical that is all about mental health it's female driven all the things that really get me going and then the kennedy center announced that they were going to do next to normal so our rights got pulled Oh, i know and i remember i will never forget i was um on instagram and i was just scrolling and i saw the kennedy center come up and i was like oh cool they're announcing what they're doing i was like awesome would love to go see that and that and oh oh no oh no oh, I like oh no. texted my uh producer my executive producer on the board I was like hey I don't think we're gonna do next to normal <laughs> am I correct in this they're like yeah we're totally not so our rights got pulled and I didn't know what to do and I sat down with my best friend and my fiance, Matt, Matt Calvert, and we were going through the alphabet and we were coming up with musical proposals that I could write for. And like, oh A, B, C, and then we we narrowed it down. And there's this musical called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. And I immediately said no, because (laughs) Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson is kind of like the cursed production of theater, because it's very controversial. It's, if anyone has seen the Book of Mormon, it's satire like that, but not as well written. And also the satire doesn't always come across as satire, (laughs) Some people take it a little too seriously, and I understand why because of the writing. It's a satirical work of the presidency of Andrew Jackson and specifically his removal of the Native Americans from the East and moving them out West. And it's done in a punk rock setting. It's very heavy distortions. It's extremely into in your face. This production has been protested. By a lot of people, Ooh. because specifically there's one one number in it called Ten Little Indians. And in the original production, they had a whole bunch of white people dressed up in feathers and garb. Oh, but- and when it came out originally, it was kind of right before all of that really came into view. But especially uh-huh. now, it's like, no, we we're not going to do that. Yeah. But I created a proposal for it and like five other shows. And I did a big old dump for the board and they're like, that's the one we're going to do. Bloody (laughs) Bloody Andrew Jackson. And I remember asking that. I was like, are you sure? And honestly, I think that was a very smart move, especially for what's happening right now. Some people don't know this. President Trump has a portrait of Andrew Jackson in the Oval Office. And Andrew Mm. Jackson is... One of the most controversial and most xenophobic presidents that we've ever had. So that's fun. And specifically for Demianian, their theater company, they are not afraid of making those comments or being controversial. So wow, I was able to do this. But when I went in, I had this this idea where it's like, of course, we're not going to we're not going to portray the Native Americans with a whole bunch of white people. We're not going to put headdresses on them. We're going to have none of that. Of course, I was like, we're very much going to keep it as respectful as possible. But fortunately, with the cast that I had and how brave they were, what it ended up being was just this powerhouse of social justice.
0: Mm.
1: I was very surprised with how young The cast was, our youngest person was 21, and the dedication that they had to the entire text. And they definitely were fearless. I'm sure that a whole bunch of actors would, rightfully so, after the first read-through, be like, I'm not sure if I can do this. I will never forget the first read-through, where afterward, everyone was dead silent. Like, there's a lot of messed up stuff in that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty messed up we're going to lean into it, because we kind of have to, because of what's happening right now. And I know that a lot of people think, oh, art, it's for entertainment, It's, it's fun. It's like, yeah, but also art has to be truthful. And I felt like this was the production that could be very truthful. And by the end, we were going in and we were just like, we hope people leave. We hope that they're offended that we may <laughs> come in and be like, this is not oh okay. And no one did, actually. We never had anyone leave, which wow. was surprising to me, considering like the F-bomb was dropped every two seconds. But yeah, it's and there were a lot of times as a director that I feel like I could have held on to my original idea for it, but it wouldn't be as good it really is right. letting go and letting your actors and also your team come up with ideas like my my set designer had such a cool idea of making the space into a very very close setting where the actors were maybe maybe 3 feet away from the first row my set designer amber she made it super colorful like the stage was covered in carpets and they were all different colors. And she had tapestries that were different designs, all the walls. And it was just very, when you walked in, it felt like your living room. It was very homey. It was definitely not what I had in mind. And what I had in mind was like rock concert. I don't mind if there's a pit or, you know, if we raise the stage a little bit. She's like, no, no, no. We're going to make this feel kind of like what we did. Where it's, like, in your living room. And so that way, you were unable to separate yourself from the action and be like, well, this is just a story. It's like, no, you in it. People are able to look at you. They see if you're pulling out your phone
0: ooh, yeah Yeah.
1: so yeah that was very interesting and that was something I could have been like no I want it to be like that so glad I did it because it changed everything and yeah it's just one of those things where you need to to trust other people and their designs and their ideas and just be like cool if you believe in it I believe in it
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's powerful. So how how did audiences react? I mean, obviously, it was a difficult thing that you were bringing forth. And I love what you said about art needs to be truthful. I absolutely agree with you. But so yeah, I mean, what was what was the audience reaction? And how did you feel at the end? How did your cast feel at the end? I mean, that that is a huge undertaking. Yeah, it was mixed responses. So we actually did have a
1: small protest Not at the production, but before on social media where an individual who did not want to enter a conversation with us, a dialogue of us being like, well, this is how we're changing it. This is what we're doing to make sure that we're showing that, hey, this is not funny about the Native Americans. The Native Americans aren't a joke. Who is the joke? Is Andrew Jackson in this? Would have loved to have that conversation, but they just weren't interested in hearing it. So we had a a little bit of a protest, but also we anticipated that. And we also had, I had reached out to a colleague of mine from college who is a Cherokee who lives in Colorado. And we had talked about it long before we were even in rehearsals and coming up with ideas of how to do this musical, but keep it respectful as well. And really to get the correct message across. And also, we had someone who formerly worked at the Smithsonian of Native Americans come and watch it in a rehearsal, just so I could be like, hey, if you see anything, because we are doing our best, but I'm sure we've missed something, Like, please let us know. I wrote an open letter to audience members about like, hey, is this a problematic play? Absolutely, it is. However, this is how we are addressing it and moving forward. So we had put that on social media. It was surprisingly published. We didn't know they were doing this in the DC Metro Theater Report, which is on Facebook and in print. So that was really cool. We knew that audience members were kind of prepared, even if they didn't know the musical. It's like, okay, you're walking into something that you're going to be offended by, probably. And so some audience members really got the message and were really into it. And then, and we're like, yes, we see how you were able to show the narrative as truth of, of history and how awful Andrew Jackson is and how that mindset of basically, you know, white supremacy has kind of come up again in the name of nationalism and patriotism. And then there were some audience members and I was, I always love talking to them where, they're like, yes, we understand what you're doing, but we still don't think this musical should ever be done because it's just too offensive. And I, there is no right or wrong answer. When it comes to art, I don't think that it's ever black and white. Your opinion and how you perceive art is just how you perceive art. And it's not a right or wrong thing. It's just your reaction. I say the same thing in my day job. I'm um, a sommelier when you taste wine, when you try wine, you like it or you don't. I'm the one who is trained to find the notes and everything, but you know what? If you're not a professional, your main thing is like, do I like it? And that's how you can go with art too. Do I like this? Yes? No? Cool. It doesn't have to (laughs) be any deeper than that. If you want to go deeper, absolutely. Mm. I love having those conversations. But if someone comes in and absolutely hated it, you hated it, that's cool. It's not your thing, right. yeah,
0: and actually, to that point, I'm curious. I imagine you had some people that came in that did hate it because they were uncomfortable and they were they were frustrated because this stuff is difficult to to take in, and so did you have anybody who wanted to have a conversation about like I hated this? It was super cool. I loved that when
1: someone was like, "I hated it, and I was like, "Cool, I'm not offended. I don't care." but can you tell me why? It's the why that interests me. And we had some really good conversations that came out of it. And one woman who is a little older, I sat down with her. She was related to someone in the cast. And she's like, I just really didn't like it. I was like, well, could you explain to me why? And her whole thing was because there were things that were not factual in the musical. We can debate artistic license, but I understand what she's saying where she's like, especially when you have someone who is as terrible as Andrew Jackson, you don't have to make stuff up to make him more terrible or more likable or what have you. It's like she definitely wanted it to stick to actual history. And I totally get that. That's totally fine. But it's definitely something I had no power over.
0: I couldn't change the script. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's one of the most powerful things that art can do is start conversations that you might not otherwise have unless you're confronted with something that you, A, don't understand, B, don't appreciate, C, don't like. I mean... I think there's a lot of value in the conversations that art can bring because you're right. I mean, there's, like you said earlier, on some level, it's like, do you like it or don't you? But at the same time, I love that you can take that and then ask, well, why? And then you have an intelligent conversation about, you know, what you took yeah, from it. I love exactly. that. And also,
1: and this is something that I talk to my my cast a lot about, where it's like, people are going to dislike this show. Don't be offended because that is their right. And that also sparked a conversation in the cast where, you know, we're in a time right now where everyone's offended by something, and then you're offended if someone's offended, and it's just all a terrible circle. And I was like, guys, this is, we're talking about Andrew Jackson. We're talking about America. One of the most American things we have is the the right to express your opinion, that you have a voice, freedom of speech. So it's like, let them have that freedom of speech because we're definitely exercising it with this. And if you want to be an example for other people, when someone looks at you and says, I hated your show, just ask why and then yeah. say thank you and right. move on.
0: Yes, I love that. <laughs> and actually, I think that gives a lot of freedom because you're absolutely right. I mean, if you're trying to appeal and and this goes for even a quote unquote non-controversial show, yeah. right? I mean, in the sense that. You're going to have people that walk away and are like, that was stupid or that was bad. You know what I mean? Like, you're just going to have somebody who doesn't like it and, and having the freedom to say, it's OK. You're going to have our fans who are grateful and like it. And then you're going to have your critics who are like, well, I didn't. And having that freedom as an artist to say, well, that's not a reflection on me. Honestly, it's a reflection on them in the sense of back to your fundamental point. They liked it or they yeah. didn't. But it's. It's not you. And I think that actually gives a lot of freedom. I love that perspective.
1: I mean, also as artists, it can be difficult because your art is an extension of yourself. So it's hard to differentiate between that. But I think that a a way for artists to also protect themselves is by having that separation. Because, man, it's hard, especially with actors where when I do workshops for auditions, I'm like, you're going to get rejected. And you are going to get rejected again and again and again. And it's hard for you to not take that personally because it is like you offering yourself. But if you want to stay sane, you have to be able mm-hmm. to look over it. Not get over it, but look over it. or it's like, well, it wasn't this time, but maybe the next. And yeah. just continue going it's hard it's a hard world
0: I've said in the past to be an artist is to be brave and I think just inherently when you put yourself out there as an artist or you create something even if you don't you know identify as oh I'm an artist but you created something I mean it's brave it it takes guts to put something out into the world and say here you go yeah <laughs> and
1: we'll see. I will say like one of the most terrifying moments of my life was when my mother went and saw that show. I can <laughs> imagine. Like, oh. She actually said it in a very good way where she was like, I didn't like it but I saw that it was well done. Mm-hmm. Which is also a thing that I think people need to learn where it's just like you can not like something but it doesn't mean that it's trash. Honestly, I love getting bad reviews. I just love hearing the other side of things which maybe is like the most theatrical thing that you can do is because you always have to look at the other side of the coin with the character but yeah love love it I'm weird
0: <laughs> no I mean I'm gonna say that is awesome because I think personally it's very tough to read reviews where you're like what are you talking about so kudos to you you have to think about what you're going to. Exp-
1: your your time and energy on and move on with my life because my life is full of amazing people and I'm doing amazing things and that's all I really want to do with my life so I'm not going to let a little blip send me into a spiral
0: good for you. Oh my goodness, to all the artists out there who are afraid of a bad review, just remember Danielle's advice. You can you can look at it and say, "You know what? I will accept a different opinion and then you just move on because you got more amazing things exactly. to do." Exactly. <laughs> I just have a couple questions for you if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, how do you personally define art or what is art to you?
1: Art is expression of truth. Done in a visual way. So, where it is taking some form of reality and putting it in a way that can be physicalized, whether it be by, you know, painting or drawing or by moving or by speaking. Just a different way to look at it that is different from what our normal reality is, which can be quite boring. And what do
0: you think is the most important role of an artist?
1: once again going to the true thing just tell the truth i hear this all the time with actors where they where they say oh acting is my escape and that's those typically are the actors that are kind of hard to work with because it's not an escape a lot of these characters are created out of some sense of reality and i feel like we do them a dishonor by taking someone's potential life or potential situation and uh putting it on as a mask to escape the reality in our own so it's just you know doing honor to the text doing honor to what has come before us
0: yeah i love that that's that's a great answer (laughs) (laughs) okay and my last one i'll kind of explain a little bit but It's just totally in your personal opinion. Do you feel that art should be inclusive or exclusive? So exclusive kind of being, so an artist put something out there and there's not necessarily a lot of explanation behind it, what inspired it, maybe there's not a title to it, maybe, you know, you just don't have a lot of context versus inclusive being, you know, the artist describes the inspiration behind it or what they were feeling when they created it or just to provide a little bit more context of what you as the viewer or the observer might gain I guess from that
1: experience oh man my avant-garde is showing so hard I would say exclusive (laughs) I'm just one of those people where it's like just let the art talk it takes away the magic when you have to go in and explain everything. It's like when you have to explain a joke that is, like, not funny anymore. There's this video on YouTube that came out several years ago. It was all performance art where a woman was sitting at a table and you would go up and sit on the other side of the table and she would just look at you for an entire minute. No words At all, she would look you, give you direct eye contact for an entire minute. There was no explanation why. And she didn't even advertise this as much, where she had, like, a handler who's like, we're doing this thing. Please form a line if you'd like to be involved. And apparently the feedback from people, their minute was done, It had moved them so much, and it meant different things to everyone. And I feel like to explain that moment would have, or her reason behind it, what have you, what her goal was, I feel like it would have tarnished that very visceral and primal response that people had. So yeah, let it be exclusive. Don't let people always know, because sometimes artists don't even have an answer. I don't know why I did this. It just looked cool. Yeah. I I think, yeah, my avant garde came out real hard there.
0: It did. But I love asking people that question because we get very different responses. And like art, it's subjective. And so I Yay. love it. And I love the reasoning Thanks. behind it. So do you have, I know this is kind of an odd time, but do you have any upcoming projects or anything that you're working towards? Yes. Yeah, so
1: what? my main production that's coming up is my wedding in October. So I'm taking a Woohoo! little bit of a break. And then this time next year, I will be directing five women wearing the same dress, which is a wonderful play. I love it so much. And it's female-centered and about life and how we we think we know our dearest friends, but then, you know, maybe you're a bridesmaid in their wedding and you learn that you know nothing about them at all. So yeah, that's my next project that I have on the books.
0: Awesome. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or follow your artistic journey, do you have any kind of outlet for that? Or even if they wanted to come see that, is there you know a way that they can kind of keep in touch? Yeah.
1: So usually I do uh, announce things on my website, which is okay. com, okay. And that's also a link where if you want to get in touch with me, or ask any questions there will be like a little conversation box that will send an email to me
0: perfect awesome how fancy I know well thank you so very much for just being a present here and thank you for being a guest I really appreciate it and I'm a firm believer that when you put art out into the world it makes it a better place and so I just want to thank you personally for you know, continuing your passion ever since you are eight. But thank you for continuing to produce art and be brave as an artist. And I just I know the world is a better place because of it. Thank
1: you. And thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. This was so great. Thank you for all that you're doing, especially during crazy times like this, and all your passion in art. I have to brag about you. I've been a fan of you since (laughs) I was five.
0: So... Oh, you're sweet. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you again. And thank you to everyone who has listened to this. And I hope you feel as inspired as I do. And I just wanted to say that we really appreciate your shares and comments. And we will catch you next time. If you have a story to share with us, we would love that so much. And I hope your day has been artfully told. Hey there, Artfully Told listeners. I wanted to share a really amazing resource with you that I think you will find invaluable. This website is called Artist's Edge. The mission of Artist Edge is to raise the level of business intelligence, life skills, and emotional intelligence for people who are committed to expressing their passions, creativity, and unique genius through their careers, helping them reach higher levels of success with ease. Artist Edge is the education arm of Deborah Russell Coaching, and she is an awesome person who uses all of her business background and skills to really assist artists become who they want to be. She has a bunch of different courses that you can go through as well as personalized coaching. If you're a wannabe artist that wants to turn their passion into a career or is an already established artist that wants to take their career to the next level, she is the person to talk to you about this. So please follow the link in my comments and show notes.